Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of New York Knicks podcast, episode 127. I got my guy, Die Hard Knicks podcast in the building. How you doing, bro? Peace, my guy. What's good, man? How's everything? Happy New Year, bro. Oh, Happy New Year, man. It's the, the first part of the new year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I guess you're the first person I had to speak to because it, it it's a lot to talk about with these Knicks right now, man. It's, it, it, it's early in the season, but it's all, I already see the narratives popping up, man. Yeah, I know I know your mouth is watering, man. <laughs> Drooling. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, you know, I love the narratives, man. I love my narratives. But the narratives right now, I think it really needs to be talked about. Um, and it affects the short-term goals and the long-term goals of this team. And I know I threw a lot of points at you about what we was going to talk about. I first want to, you know, get your opinion about the overall – I want to get your opinion about the overall team and what has impressed you the most so far out of these past few games from the Knicks. Well, right off the bat, it's just um, Tom Thibodeau. He he was a man of his word from the beginning. Like he, he was saying that what he wanted to do, what he what he was trying to implement, as far as like um you know the culture that he wants to bring. Is he he didn't really use any of those words really per se. He just yeah. kind of was just like yo, this is this is how I want to play. You know, we want to do it like this, whatever. So I mean, he, he's done everything you know that, that he said he would do. He he's um he held guys accountable. He, um you know guys got to earn their minutes, whatever. And um he made. He said guys got to work in practice or whatever, and whatever they showed in practice, you know, is, is um, showing up on the court because, you know, he, he's a man of his word. Like I said, he kept a, a nice tight rotation. And, um, you know, he, you know this, he's been going like that. I kind of I kind of like everything that he's doing. He, he's keeping us um, honest as a fan base, you know, to, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not mad either. He's playing the kids' minutes. He's playing the vets' minutes. Um, he's playing the kids' productive minutes. It's not minutes where they're on the floor and they're just camped in the corner all the time. So I appreciate that. Um, but let's right let let's get right into the nitty gritty because there's some things I don't appreciate. And mm-hmm. the thing that I don't appreciate the most right now is Obi Toppin. And let me explain. When it comes to Julius Randle and I give it to him. I gave him flowers my last pod. He's been playing great basketball. I respect it. But at the same time, it's like we drafted Obi Toppin. He's a four. Randall plays the four. But Randall's on a good contract. So now we're in a conundrum where people saying, let's keep Randall and keep Obi Toppin coming off the bench. But the way I feel is Obi Top is 22. He's not a project. Why would I, why would Leon Rose keep his client's son on the bench? My, mind you, he's playing well 23 points per game, 10 rebounds, six assists, fit, uh, plus 50% from the field, you know, shooting great numbers from the three point, three point range. But like, please enlighten me on. Julius Randle situation like do I feel am I crazy to feel the way I feel or should I should I calm down and and, and realize the situation that we in 
Well, here's the thing with, with this, man. Is this, um, you know, I, I was on the bandwagon, too. I, I wanted Randall gone. I, di I didn't want to see him play another game. Uh, Alfred Payton, too. I, I, I kind of was like, yo, that's the only guy we really have. But those first two games was atrocious, man. So I was already, you know, I was ready to, to wave him straight up. You know, you can go down the line, different, different stuff that, that we were just bringing in from previous regimes and stuff, you know, previous um, things that we were doing here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now fast forward to what's happening now, uh, you know, you, you, you sure changed Julius Randle a little bit. He's averaging seven assists. Oh yeah, <laughs> MVP oh. candidate, man. <laughs> MVP candidate. You gotta you gotta put some respect on his name. Four, but, but but here's the thing, man. Like 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 what are we what are we doing here? Are, are we are we like um you know where where are Knicks fans? Where we're Knicks fan base? We we got what well, the end game is for us to win. You know, so are, are we more worried about um guys you know draft picks playing, or are we more worried about the um the team itself winning? Because um, Julius Randle, he's still only like 26, so he's pretty young himself. True. You know, you know, Obi Toppin's like 22, or whatever. But you know, Obi Toppin's still trying to find. You know, he's hurt right now. You know, because he's going too hard. You know, he got to find his rhythm with the with the way that the, um, the NBA plays and stuff. So th these these are things that are catch up with each other. And right now, it's not like Julius Randle has like a four year contract. He has like a um, you know, like next year's contract's not even guaranteed. So the Knicks can just waive him if they wanted to. You know, but you know, we, we don't necessarily have to do that. There's no pressure on us. Julius Randle could do what he do what he does. We can keep him for another year, which would be cheap at this point now. Because if if, you, if he's going to be put, putting up 23, 10, and seven, then um um 18 million dollars a year is kind of cheap for for what he's given. So, so so real quick, let me throw two things right at you, right? Yeah. You just said if we was winning, right? So mm -hmm. you sacrifice a top ten pick at the expense of Randall playing well and we're winning some games, cool. But at the same time, you still drafted Obi Toppin and he's going to be 23-24 next year. So yeah. how long is it going to take for Nick? Because you can't let him walk for nothing if he's playing this well. That's the uh, that's the other thing. That's the other angle you got to look at it. So what would you say to that? Well, that, that's my thing. He, he he's on a non-guaranteed contract next year, so we can keep him again for next year, you know. And then we still got Obi Toppin on um, develop, you know, developing really, you know, trying to figure out his way because we don't know. I mean, seventy-two games, we don't know what he's going to be at the end, you know. So at the end, we can make that decision. Let's say Obi Toppin comes on strong, and we're like, okay, cool, we, we can just save money on Randall because we got Obi Toppin now. We can, we can make that decision. But if Obi Toppin is still kind of trying to find his way, but he's still playing well enough, we can keep him. Um, keep Randall for for an extra year, and that that just boosts the team itself. Not necessarily um, worrying about uh, Obi Toppin's development. It's it's about like the the the, the next team. So I mean, like I don't want to fast forward ahead too much, man. But um, you know, next year we got we, we we're probably gonna have two lottery picks because Dallas is trash, and um, nice. you know we're we're probably gonna be trash as well. So we got two lottery picks that's gonna be reinforcements next year, and then like like um guys looking in, they they you know they nobody's stupid. They they see what we're doing. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, he he instilled his little um his little uh, will on the team. We're playing more organized and stuff. Guys are playing well, um. So guys can look at our team and say, okay, listen, I could fit here. I could fit here. And then on top of that, two um lottery picks next year, plus 60, 60 something million in the summertime. So it's it's a, the Knicks are in a very very um you know exciting time, man. You know so. We're worrying about certain guys developing right now is not really not really um important. I, I don't want I don't want to take too much of the mic, man. But um, uh, you know, Mehmet, nah, I was I was ahead, talking about bro. this. Go ahead, talk as much as you want, bro. Well, I, I was talking to my um to my stepbrother, man. He he was talking about um you know just um the, the same thing, developing over top and over Randall and all that stuff. But I, I mentioned um Mehmet Okor, 
like well, um, I, if I if I'm not mistaken, you know, because I'm I'm a Knicks fan, not 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 a um you know Detroit fan, but when they won that championship, Mehmet Okor was all, all coming off the bench, you know, for that Detroit team, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Mehmet Okor ended up having like you know a decent career as like a center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, that's the thing I'm trying to trying to bring here. Like um somebody with that talent off the bench is gonna make us a championship contender. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, that's if we can get some of these other pieces to um to to um you know, to come into fruition and stuff, you know? So, you know, the, I'm thinking about the, the bigger picture. So I'm not really necessarily right now caring about uh, anybody's like, you know, development. I'm, I'm really thinking about what's going to happen. Um, uh, not necessarily this season, but um, the following season when, when, um, when hopefully we get some extra reinforcements in here, man, it, it could get, it could get really crazy, man. Um, in, in Nick's town. And um, we're, we're probably going to be pleasantly surprised, man. So, so before we get into the other pieces, because that's a good, that's a great segue. I want to ask you this real quick question: Do you value? What do you value more? Do you value us playing better and us getting a tenth seed? So that's maybe about you know thirty-four wins probably this season in the East, mm-hmm. or do you value getting another top 10 pick and winning at least 25 games and then going from there? Well, I, I just, I just value the, um, the, this whole process, man. I, I hate those cliche words, the process and stuff like that. And, you know, you know mm-hmm. everything that they say, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't like those words, but it really is a process, man. Cause I mean, if, if the Knicks end up, end up being terrible and we, we get, we, we become a lottery team, that's great. Cause now, now we have a better chance to getting a, a top guy, you know, we can put us up in the thing. Dallas is also, like I said, they're probably going to be a lottery team. So we got two shots at the, at the number one, possibly number two spots with those two picks. You know, so but but even if if the Knicks make the playoffs, uh, Dallas is going to be trash. You know what I'm saying? So at least we got one lottery yeah. pick, and then we'll have, like, you know, what I'm saying. So and then what what if they, if they both make the playoffs? We still got two mid tier, um, you know, draft picks. So it, no, no matter how how you look at it, the Knicks are, are still going to win because we're still going to have two shots at um, two really good young players coming in. And then like like I said, that money's not going nowhere. We definitely got sixty something million dollars coming in. So you just keep playing that game, man. You know? Yeah, I mean. When you look at it from that angle, we do got Walt Perrin, and he did draft Emmanuel quickly. Shout out to um, Luke Morris. So, I mean, when you look at it from different angles, I mean, every angle has a positive ending toward to it, as long mm-hmm. as Tibbs stick to his plan. So, I, I, I'm very intrigued what's going on. What I'm also intrigued at, speaking of other pieces, is R.J. Barrett. Yeah. And, woo! My boy missed his last 23, 3, 21 three-pointers. So my boy been in a slump, which I believe I believe he was going to have a sophomore slump this year as far as shooting is concerned. Um, sophomores usually have sophomore slumps, in my opinion. I don't know how other people view it. I, I attribute RJ Barrett's struggles to the point guard situation. Alfred Payton cannot shoot. So when Alfred Payton is off the ball, he brings nothing to the game. It was evident yesterday when we was 0 for 23 from the starters from three. If RJ is camped at the three-point line, which is not his role, he's a slasher and he needs the ball in his hands because he's ball dominant and I feel like he's better on ball than being off ball. 
what what why is he struggling shooting? It, I don't think it's his form. For me personally, I just think the lineup is trash. Reggie Bullock is trash. We're gonna talk about him later. Um, Randall's good money. Mitchell Robinson still doesn't shoot the goddamn ball. I'm 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 pissed with Mitchell Robinson, and it's like, is it on RJ? I, I know some of it's on RJ, but what could Tibbs do to get this kid going? Because this is disgusting what we're watching from my number three overall pick. Well, the the thing with RJ, knowing his personality, he he's not he's not a sucker. You know what I'm saying? He's not one of those type of guys. He's not like um a prima donna kind of dude. You know, he he's a type of dude that's gonna be in the gym all the time. You know, he's gonna be crazy like that. And I and I know that he's a sore loser. He the way that he acts, whatever he doesn't not he does not like to like to lose. So what I think as a young guy, like you know, he's still young. How old is he now? He's like what, um, twenty? He's twenty. Jesus, you know. Jeez. Anyway, <laughs> a, guy, a guy at that age is this hungry that that wants to wants to do well. I think he's in his own head. That's what I think. I just think that um that he looks at the roster like like you said there's nobody else that's going to shoot it so I'm that guy so I'm I'm so locked in that I think I'm going to make every single shot I'm I'm going to shoot it I'm, he's like shooting it to make every single shot he's not really like like letting it go because I mean the rest of his game is speaking for itself he's um like three point six assists uh seven um point four um rebounds so and and he's playing good individual and, and team defense you know what I'm saying so it's not like he's totally pissing the game away. Just that jump shot. I just think that he's really in his in his head right now. And um, you know, I think I think as soon as we get healthy, like we just got um, Austin Rivers back, and um, uh, this guy um, Alec Burke is gonna come back for Saturday. So yeah. you know, in my opinion, yeah, yo, Alec Burke, yo, how good is Alec Burke, man? And the where the hell did he come from? Ooh. Ooh. Yo, he's, he's giving us twenty three and three, but it's not it's not like like he's um playing above, like he's playing within the offense. It's not like he's um doing anything. Crazy, he, he, like I, I, I did not know he was that skilled. Yo, you know, with, with the ball handling and stuff. Alec Burks, you know, I know, I know, we're moving a little off topic when coming to RJ, but to help no, Alec Burks has impressed me. And don't get me wrong, he do a little too much for my liking sometimes. I, I remember, I think it was the second game, he had two fast breaks, and he took it. And he could have passed it off, but he took it himself. I'm like, damn, bro, come on, Mook, man, Lil Mook, Morris, come on, bro, move the ball. Yeah. But besides that, that kid can shoot it. He could defend multiple positions. He could play on ball, off ball. And what I love about him most is he plays with him himself. He doesn't yeah. try to be like, even though I just said he, he he was trying to do too much at certain times. He always looked like he's playing within himself. He always looked like he's in control. And I, I love what he brings, man. I'm kind of mad that Knicks didn't sign him to a a three-year, $20 million deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how the Knicks got him for $6 million just one year. That, that doesn't make any sense. I, like, like um, I've never seen I, – I, I used to see him a little bit because I used to – I follow my – you know, I, I do the fantasy stuff, man. So, you know, I always yeah. follow guys and whatever, but I just never knew that this guy was that skilled. Anyway, you know, like um, um, Alec Burke and RJ, they they're intertwined because, um, you know, the Knicks need another score right now. Right now, with everybody injured, we need Alec Burke to come off the bench to give us like you know a little a little um boost off the bench, whatever. But now we got Austin Rivers, so now I would like to see Alec Burke be the starter. That way, um, RJ can get out of his head because he knows that now I got Alec Burke here that's gonna give me some buckets, so I don't have to worry about trying to make every single shot. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I think I think that that's um that's a dynamic too. Then you mentioned Alfred Payne as well. 
So Ephrapena, he's another one. He's sitting on an island now, and there's no one to pass to because everyone's everyone's hurt. Uh, and uh, Richie Bullock is trash, you know. But um, you, you stick you stick Alec Alec Burke next to Alfred Payton. Now Alfred Payton can kind of calm down, you know. And then you know guys can do whatever because I mean guys get caught um doing too much, you know what I'm saying? And um you know having that extra guy in the in the lineup that can do something that that's gonna take a lot of pressure off off um you know some of these guys, especially RJ. I, I refuse. I strongly disagree with you. I refuse to let Alec Burks go in the starting lineup. And the only reason why I refuse is because I love that man coming off the bench, bro. Like he, like he is perfect coming off the bench. Just like my young boy Frank Nelikina, dumb dudes keep them dudes coming off the bench. But who's starting? That's the thing. Who's going to start though? Because you got to start somebody. You got, you know, Austin Rivers is going to be playing playing um some ball, you know. So he's gonna he's gonna demand some minutes, and then quickly when he comes back, he's got to play too, man. So we can't. Have like four um, shooting guards coming off the bench. Somebody got to start. It can't be Reggie Bullock. You know what I'm saying? Who? Somebody's so, got to. So, hmm? Here's my thing. Yeah. This is why I wanted to talk about Reggie Bullock and Kevin Knox because I felt like Knox earned it. I feel like Knox needs to start. I feel like you got to boost his confidence. Knox is six nine and is a shooter. If he reaches his ceiling, which I believe he can, if you just put him in the right situation. He could be easily be Rashad Lewis. Easily. Nah, you know, I, I before the really EDs. You know, I disagree and, with that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I, of course. But I, I just I just see Rashad Lewis. If he could just get enough high volume of three-point attempts. Now, I feel like Knox should start. I think Alfred Payton just need to be banished to the shadow realm. Like he just needs to be out the rotation and it's nothing against Alfred Payton, but when you got quickly rivers, I want to say Frank, cause I'm a Franker, but I'm going to just leave Frank out of this. When you got quickly rivers, Burks, RJ, that's already four guards I named that Tibbs is definitely going to play. Outside of those four guards, who else Tibbs is going to play? DSJ is unplayable. I'm going to get that out there right now. He is unplayable. Yeah, I think I he's think done he's, too, man. He's done. Yeah, 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 he's done. And a little real quick about DSJ. I want to ask you a question about him. You think you think his injuries is real? <laughs> Yo, that, that's a good question, man. Yo, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, um, these injuries are just one of those, like, um, you know, but let me protect my ego type of injuries. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just, just I'm, I'm gonna say like you got a stub toe or whatever, just so so everyone won't, won't um put the spotlight on you that we're not playing you. You know, they, they can put the um, yeah, they can use that excuse. Oh, he's hurt. That's why he's not playing. But in reality, the dude, you know, is not playing because he's complete trash and he's not going to play. You know, so that's that's a good question, man. Yo, the DSJ is so terrible that <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah. And I told you this. I told you this. I told you this on Twitter. I, I think I told you this on a recent pod that we did together. I told you this. DSJ playing minutes means they're trying to save face from the Porzingis trade. No. It comes a time in life where you got to cut your losses. You got to cut your losses with DSJ. 
I'm not playing DSJ over Dennis Smith. Uh, I mean, I'm not playing DSJ over Frank Milikina. No way, no how. Not playing him over Austin Rivers. Not playing him over Emmanuel Quickly. I'm not playing him over Alfred Payton, and I hate Alfred Payton. Yeah. So you know, I hate Frank too. So I ain't playing him over Frank either, man. Frank has been playing actually pretty good, you know. And that, that's that's a lot coming from me, you know. Man, Frank, just keep that man off ball, and he'll be straight. He'll be straight. He'll have he'll have a career as a Nick. Just keep him off ball. I don't want him as my point. No, definitely, he's, he's good. Like yeah, Frank. Frank has definitely been showing you what what he can do. But what, what he's been showing is, is what he is. He's not going to be much better than than that, you know? But, you know, I, I want to ask you, man. So, I, I mean, like you mentioned all those players. Who mm-hmm. who do you have starting in the backcourt? Because, I mean, you know, Alfred Payton, we can we kind of can, um, can like, temper that down because Alfred Payton, you know, let's let's say if River starts playing well and quickly comes back, uh, it, it could be potential that Alfred could be sitting next to um, DSJ too, you know? So, you know, anyway, anyway, just, like, what do you, who do you think, who, who do you think should be, like, our guard rotation? Like, our starters and then the backup? So for me, I really, I really want to balance everything out. I think you got to start Austin Rivers. I, I could, um, I could deal with that, yeah. But start him, but you start him and you don't play him 30, 30 minutes. You get what I'm saying? You start him, you play him twenty minutes. You, you know, you could, you could do the point guard job by committee. Have Austin Rivers start. You know, Burks is coming off the bench quickly. Still coming off the bench. You still got shooting. Knox probably coming off the bench. But if Knox is starting, then that means that probably Reggie Bullock is coming off the bench. But I'm praying to God that Frank Nelikina is above the depth, depth chart above Reggie Bullock because he's just absolute trash. And um, who else? I think that's about yeah. it. I think that's a good guard rotation. Rivers and quickly coming off the bench. And then everybody else just do it by committee. Yeah, I'm with that, man. Because I mean, it's not like we have so much such stars and stuff in the, in this uh, on this team. Well, we we have to do it. We have to do it within the rotation. So I think you know, you know, with the, especially with the way that Tibbs has been playing, the different guys that we mentioned in, in in the show so far, um, that gives me that gives me a solid team. And it, it doesn't have to be a playoff team. It could be like like we said, the temp seed or whatever. But that the, to me that that's that's a base because because um, right now the Knicks of this you know, licking the ground, you know, we licking the window in the back of the yellow bus and stuff, man. So right now, if, if we can, if we can just get like, like a semblance of a team where, where we have a, like a blueprint where, where, where somebody could look at us and be like, okay, I can go here. I can go here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let me call my man. He can go right here with me. You know, that's, that's all I asked for. Set the blueprint for how, like how we can succeed in the future. And I, I'm good money, man. I'm good money with that. Mm. Um, the blueprint also starts with one of our recent lotto picks, Kevin Knox. Um, what's Kevin Knox been doing for you this season that you've been impressed with so far? Because I know you've been one of the people who's been very critical of Kevin yeah, Knox. Yeah, I'm not um, a fan of the kid, man. The, the thing with him is that, like, he, um, you know, he, he has skills of, like, like this, this, uh, this is an opinion of him that I agree with. You know, I, I agree that, that, um, that he has the potential to be this, but at the same time, the guy um, has been playing long enough, and he's really just been doing, doing the same thing. He's really just like a like a role guy. He, like he's, well, um, we was talking about this on on Sim Show. It, it, it's just like he's like begging for somebody to give him a role. So Tom um, Tom Thibodeau gave him a role, and he's like, all right, I got it, you know. But the thing the thing with him is that he doesn't he does, he just doesn't um play with any type of like um 
Like, he, like to me, he, he doesn't have he doesn't have it. You know that it factor. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to get the ball. He's not trying to take his man. He's just trying to play his role and run the offense. He's not there yet. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, we, we was also joking about it too. Is this that like um his mom and his dad were in the audience um last night? So that's why he went off. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of um yeah. had to follow him. For, you know, for every single game, so he can um you know so he can wake up. You know what I'm saying? So I mean. You know, I, I feel sorry for the cat. I want to, I want to I wanna take him out to get him some ice cream or something. You know what I'm saying? Hold his hand across the street and all that. You know, just to just to be there for him. But I mean, you know, yeah, it's a professional league, man. We gotta. He's gotta like um, he's gotta want it, man. You know. Knox is a funny dude because he doesn't give you that it factor on the court. That I will agree with you with. But what I disagree with is how he. I don't believe he's the same player. I believe he finally has become an NBA player this season. His parents was in the audience, so it it, it was nice to see him be aggressive. Yeah. Um, he has been aggressive the past few games, but he's not starting. And Reggie Bullock, I believe, averages more shot attempts than Kevin Knox at the moment, and that yeah. needs to change. Um, but Kevin Knox, the one thing that I love about him He's doing all the little things correct this season. Attention to detail. He's not getting beat on backdoor cuts most of the time like he was last season or previous seasons. Um, He's getting blocks. He's getting his hands up. He's deflecting passes. He's getting steals. He's diving for loose balls. He's doing the proper rotations. So Kevin Knox has been doing the little things. I just want his shot to start falling. I need him to start shooting efficiently efficiently and I need him with more shot attempts this is the reason why I want him to start I think if he starts he will change your opinion about him wholeheartedly um the kid has one of the highest ceilings on the roster and I think that he is one of the guys that we definitely have to focus on and put emphasis on to get better because Reggie Bullock just doesn't cut it for me um I don't know why. What the hell, Tibbs? He and Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock went 0 for seven. RJ went 0 for eight. It was the first pairing to in the starting lineup to ever shoot those dangerous percentages from three. So, it, 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 Kevin Knox in it is an enigma. But do you see Kevin Knox and Obi Toppin in the future? as a starting forward combination. It's possible, but, um, you know, you mentioned Rashard Lewis, man. Rashard Lewis had a nice post-up game. You know, he had a nice little uh, post-up turnaround, jump shot kind of game, whatever. He did shoot a lot, a lot of threes. But, um, you know, Kevin Knox is just not there. He doesn't have that that type of um thing. Also, also Obi Toppin, you know, he, he he was what he was in college, but this is the NBA. He's been showing a lot of um versatility, pushing the ball, passing the ball. He's been passing the ball really well. So, I mean, you know, their stories are still being told. So I mean, they they um they really could um could step up you know within the next couple of years and do something, but um you know, you know I, I'm I'm more looking at the the bigger picture with the team and stuff. You know, like, I I know I know Reggie Bullock sucks as a starter, but I feel like Kevin Knox got to do something um to show me that that um that he's worthy of stepping over Reggie Bullock because you know Reggie Bullock is the is the vet. You know, outside of shooting, Reggie Bullock's been playing okay as a ball mover and stuff like that, but Kevin Knox has been doing basically the same thing. Not really, not really much better or whatever than than on than what Art, what Bullock is doing, but you know, in order for you know you know Knox to really make that stuff, he's got to prove that he's better than the guys in front of him. 
you know, I know, I know potentially he definitely is, but he needs to to show, especially Tom Thibodeau, that yo, I'm here and I want that spot. You know what I'm saying? Don't give it to me. I want it. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta take it. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. that's that's the only problem I have with the kid. So Kevin Knox should be back next game on fire because quickly might be back next game. So hopefully we get a new and improved Kevin Knox. I believe our next game is going to be a fun one too, because I believe we play the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. Um I believe it's the Atlanta Hawks, and that's going to be a hell of a game. And it's going to be a lot of talk in that game because it's going to be a lot of – Well, we play the Pacers, actually. We play the Pacers on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, we play the Pacers? And who, Atlanta, we play on Monday. Atlanta. Monday, that's that's going to be crazy, man. But, you know, that, that, that uh, Pacers game, I want revenge, bro. So if, if we can get a healthy roster against that Pacers team, I, I you know, I like our chances playing against them. Yeah, but Sabonis has been – oh, this guy has been superb this NBA season. I think he's a top yeah, definitely on his way. Yeah, he but we, but we can way. stop with the rest of them, man. As long as Brogdon don't don't go off and as long as, um, you know, the the other guys don't don't go off, Warren and um and uh, Oladipo, as long as they don't go too crazy, uh, we should be able to, to wax them because they don't have no bench, you know. So, you know, we, we can go like 10 deep, you know, with our rotations and stuff. So hopefully – you know, you know, you, you, hear, you hear me? Do you hear me talking basketball? <laughs> it's just crazy, man. Like, like, yo, I, I'm like so happy to talk about basketball. This whole podcast has been straight basketball, man. It's fucking, it's beautiful, man. You know, I, I like, I, I'm, I, you know, like, I, I hate talking about, you know, developing guys and or giving guys minutes and stuff. I, I like to see, I like to see something going on. You know, something that that, that I can, I can get behind. And everything that's happening now, even with the development stuff, everything is happening. The way that the way that it should, man, and it's it's a freaking beautiful thing, man, to talk basketball again, you know. You you, you know what it is? It's the Thibodeau effect, man. You know, for the past two years before the season, you know that's been the main narrative. Like, how are we going to develop these guys? How are we going to get better? How are we going to get this guy open? How blah 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 blah. But it seems like it's a it's just a a breath of fresh air, man. It's a breath of fresh air that we can actually talk good basketball coming from the Knicks and around the league because everybody has been playing good basketball. I attributed it to um, Yo. no fans, bro. The yep. no fans factor is... Yo, those first two games, we would have bulled them off the bro. court, man, the way, they, the way they played, you know? So, you know, us not being there is giving them a little, yeah. you know, taking them out the hot seat a little bit, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's funny. Nick fans is crazy because Nick's Nick fans. Let's be honest, they haven't really been booing the past two years. I believe they we definitely booed that Cleveland game where Steve Mills yeah. and Scott Perry had came out and did that little uh, short interview. But I don't believe they booed. I believe Nick fans understand what the process is going on. You know, I, I, I didn't see them boo 2017, um, really. I didn't see them boo 2018, really, or 2019, really. I, I think we all understand where we at right now. This is a rebuilding team. We have rebuilding players. We got a young – we got young players. And I think Nick fans just know not to really boo to shake up these guys' confidence. 
I'm still disgusted at what they did to DSJ last season yeah. with the We Want Frank chance, even though DSJ warranted that because he was just god awful. But besides that, Nick fans has been fair, bro. They I could I could agree with that, man. But I I think I think it's more that that we just like, man, this is. You know, this ain't even worth it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Let me let me just get let me just get drunk. You know what I'm saying? Let me talk to my Nick fans and this in the in the crowd and and let's, let's just have make a good good night out of this. You know that I, I feel I feel like that's where we are, man. Because I mean, you know, the era before that, I, I want to say like during Mellow or maybe right before Mellow, that whole period, man, we was going crazy. But I mean, during that time, we had a reason to go crazy with the Bowen and all that stuff because there was a lot of stuff that was going on. But right now, it's just like, man, this is what's happening, man. So it's like. You know, like I said, right now it's just it's just great, man. Because like all the old, old fans are starting to come back. You know what I'm saying? Guys are starting to get active and starting starting yeah, to um man. to show up, especially to to these uh live shows and stuff. And then you know just to just the podcast in general, people are out there now. They say, "Yo, something's going on here," so we can come back. You know, to the to the um to the table and start watching some Knicks games again. You know, so it was, it's great great time, man. Great time to be a Knicks fan, man. It, that's a fact. Um, it's a lot to look forward to, man. When you got just just before we get to this last topic, when you, when you, when you got Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, sixty four million in cap space, you still could possibly bring back Randall. You can go out in the offseason, get a couple shooters, a couple guys who will want to play for Thibodeau. Um. You got a young core you could grow with. This is this team could usher in a whole new generation of fans. So it, I'm, I appreciate that Leon Rose took his time and really got a great staff together. And another thing I got to big up to, to Thibodeau, I looked at a picture the other day, and as a black man, I I, I felt very like I was very I was very happy to see that Thibodeau was standing next to three black men in his uh um player staff, his player developmental staff, his his coaching staff rather, um, and Kenny Payne, Mike Woodson, and Johnny O'Brien. And that's something that I always talk about when it comes to James Dolan, man. James Dolan always hires minorities. I think the Knicks also has the first Mexican American on their staff from last season. So it's always a, a blessing to be a Knicks fan to watch this team. But the last subject. Scott Perry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I know, uh, oh. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna... <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, man. So, <laughs> this man, Scott Perry, this man. It's the... Let me just lay the things that I hate about the man. I hate that he loves his ex draft picks because he always freaking he brings freaking Alfred Payton back and stuff like that. I hated the fact that he had a hand in the minutes. I hated the fact that he tried to trade my boy Frank Milikina. I'm just throwing all the narratives out there out the way, right? I hated the fact that Scott Perry um traded for Zingas at the time. I hated the fact that Scott Perry, you know. It looked like he botched the draft with Kevin Knox last year, the way Michael Porter Jr. and Shea Gilgis Alexander was looking. So I hated a lot of things that he did. I hated the fact that he came out and did a speech um, after 10 games after losing to Cleveland, you know, a team that the Knicks blew out, by the way, in preseason and beat them in the regular season, by the way. But I hated some of those things. 
But here's what I gotta give Scott his flowers, bro. And I've been thinking about this the past few days. Scott Perry signed Mook Morris, traded Mook Morris for a first round pick. That pick became Emmanuel quickly. Scott Perry, even though I hated it, he traded Porzingis for unprotected pick. And now that unprotected pick this year is looking really good because just like you said, Dallas is trash. Dallas don't have no defense. They just got Luka. And that's a gift and a curse. When you draft a guy that good, this is why I like another reason why I like this team right now because RJ is not, he's not showing that superstar potential. But when you draft a guy like LeBron James or Luka Doncic, it kind of forces you to speed up your rebuild in a way in which it could be detrimental to team building. So when you look at Dallas roster right now, you take mm-hmm. Luka off that roster, their roster is garbage. Like, their roster is utter, uh, utterly garbage. Then on top of the fact that Porzingis might not be back till February. And if he was on the Knicks, that would be front page news every single day. So whoever we draft with that Dallas draft pick, and or if we package that pick and our pick to move up in the draft, whatever we get from that pick is tied to the Porzingis trade. So what's your overall view on Scott Perry and the job that he's done so far? And I must say, I think he's done a good job, man. I, I can't even I can't even be mad at him. I can't be mad at him for bringing Alfred Payton pay back. I mean, you want stability. I kind of get, can't get mad at him for signing Julius Randle now because he's playing well. So what's your overall view of, of, of Scott Perry and the things that he's done and how he's basically cleaned up Phil Jackson's mess? You know. Well, one, one thing you left out, man, is that he got uh, Steve Mills fired too, man. You know, it's a good because uh, he was um, Steve Mills was trying to do some oh. some uh, some fuckery with with, with trades, whatever. So he went and went to the back and said, "Yo, man, don't could you get your man's friend? He's trying to do this and the other. Get him out of here, man. I need somebody in here in here that knows what they're doing because he's messing up the um, the whole thing." So I mean, right at, right after that rumor came out, he was gone by the end of the day. So that was crazy. So I think, I think that that whole that whole um thing he needed he needed basketball guys. He I, I guess he told Dolan. Listen, we gotta be we gotta get some guys here that know what the hell they're doing. And like if you look at it, right after Scott Perry and um, you know, got on um, Mills Fire, we went and got basketball guys, man. Yo, we 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 did we did, like you mentioned all the um the minorities that we have. Aside from that, uh a lot of these young guys that are in the front office right now that we pulled from OKC, you know, Cleveland and and um, you know, we pulled some guys from Brooklyn, you know, a bunch of guys that are just basketball savants, young guys, everybody's like in a in their 30s still. You know what I'm saying? These are the guys that we have in the front office that that are that are um you know uh you know got the ears to the ground, you know, they're still young, they still talk to the players and stuff like that. So they know the ins and outs, man. We we are in a place right now that um that this this immaculate to, to build uh um the next um you know, I don't want it like this, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to get crazy that people are gonna start calling me homer and all that stuff. But I mean, like, you know, literally we we set the table right now with the front office, coaching staff, everything. Right now, all we gotta do is um and and you know, even the coaches said with the with the style of play that we're trying to implement you know um we, everything that Austin Rivers been saying you know we're we're, we're going to be getting these players now and um you know the next year and maybe two years or whatever we 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 setting up ourselves up for something great man and, and it, it definitely starts 
even before Scott Perry, it starts with Phil because Phil got Dolan out of there to, to leave us, leave them alone. Then, you know, trickle down, whatever, at least it's Scott Perry. Now it's, it's Leon Rose is at the top. Man, it's just, it's just great to talk about, man. It's just being a great, great, great space, um, you know, as a fan base, man. It's, it's, it's great, man. Great, great stuff, bro. Yeah, man. I, kudos to Scott Perry, man. This guy, I, I predicted 500 basketball this season from the Knicks. Um, at the start of the season, the first two months, I predicted 500 basketball. And so far, it's looking good. Um, shout out to Scott Perry, man. I, that would that that's I, I can't even be mad at the Porzingis trade kinda no more. It's because hey, if we trade those two picks and we get Jalen Green, <laughs> he died for our sins. Or if, 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 if we use those two picks and, and, and we trade those picks for Zach Levine. Because we get the eighth pick in the draft instead of a top five pick. And, and Thibodeau says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get Zach Levine. And ain't none of y'all going to fucking do nothing about it. So if Tibbs do that, hey, I'm all in. But just no more <laughs> none of your ex draft picks, man. I don't even want to think about Victor Adelipo on a match contract. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it either, man. I, like this guy. You know you know what scares me? That the, on the power forward is on Sacramento uh, what's his name? He has, he has, he's been, he has not, he's not a bus, but um, he's been kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Marvin Bagley. He scares me. He's Marvin a guy that, that I see that sees like, like he might, you know, like the old Knicks, you know, like they would, they would make a trade to get somebody like, like that. You know what I'm saying, you know, so I, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's not the case, man. So, nah, yeah, nah, I'm good. I'm. Th- this is why I'm kind of good. We drafted Obi Toppin. So we don't have to like mm-hmm. really worry about those type of things because I'm 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 not interested in nothing like that, bro. I, I I'm good. Nah, no, I don't want Marvin Bagley nowhere near my Knicks. I'm I'm good with Obi Toppin. I'm I'm happy with the selection. Um. So man, I they, yeah, we got busy with this episode, man. No no lagging. We was we was um shooting from the hip today, man. Bam 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 bam. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Yo, Sam and Sam, man. <laughs> so, um, any any last words for the people, and just um, tell the people where they can find you, and also when your next uh YouTube video is coming out. I see you doing your thing with nothing but Knicks. Shout outs to OG Sam. Love the show. Um, I love the product that you put out, bro. You always put out live streams on Instagram, Twitter. I love what you do, bro. Keep keep up the good work, bro. You always putting in a, putting in that work. Um tell the people where they can Well, find um, yeah, man, Dianix podcast. You can, you can just google it. I'm you know, just like just like um, you know, state, you know, we're on every single uh, podcast platform, so you know, follow state, follow me on any any um, audio platform. As far as YouTube, I'm always I'm live on YouTube and, and Sportscast as well. Um, you know, with with the YouTube, I'm trying to figure out a, t- a time to go live. Cause I like to go live because it keeps me on my toes, you know. So, um, you know, you know, just, just on tuning for that, man. I, I'm, I'm still doing work with um, MBK, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Sim has been in trouble a little bit because, um, like he's under he's under a, like a cyber attack or something, man. I don't know what's what's going on with that, but um, you know, I support the guy, you know. We, we, we're still on, we're still doing, you know, post games and all that other stuff too, man. So, yeah, just just look out, look out for me, man. You know, um, Nick fans, man, I, you know. I'm a, I'm a hungry, hungry, freaking thirsty, diehard Knicks fan, man. I love to talk about the Knicks, man. So, yeah, if, if anybody else wants to wants to find me, just just um look look for Diehard Knicks podcast. 
right, man. Um, you know, my God, diehard Knicks, man. I appreciate you coming on the show again, man. You always come on the show anytime I ask. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, always sharing your knowledge, <laughs> man. Never. Well, we have fun though. That, that's that's the whole point. Man. You, you got to get on my show, man. I don't, I don't think you've ever been on my show. I'm always. On- all right, no doubt, no doubt about that. Whenever you're ready, man. Whenever you're ready, just hit me up. Whenever you're ready, I'm good to go, bro. Whenever right, you're ready, trust, you, trust me on that one. That's a fact. Um, so, you know, Nick Nation, man, it, it's good to watch these Knicks. It's good that you finally have a young core. You need to be applauding Scott Perry and these boys, Leon Rose and these boys. And, you know, applaud these people who put in the work, man. My guy, diehard Knicks, man, he's always live streaming. He's always putting out content. You know, you got other people like God of Knicks, Knicks community, everybody, you know, Mac, me and those guys. And we, or everybody's trying to put out enough information because ESPN just disrespects us. So we're the ESPN for the New, New York Knicks. So get into them. Um, Nick Nation, we out of here, man. Episode 127, State of the New York Knicks podcast. My guy, Dollar Knicks, I appreciate you, brother. Be safe out there. Everybody, please wear your mask. I'm out of here. Peace. State.